0: Hi everyone, this is Brandon and welcome to Behind the Pulpit. That's right, we have a real official title for our podcast. It's very exciting. Uh, But Behind the Pulpit is just a simple way of expressing what we hope this podcast can be for you. A behind-the-scenes look at each week's Sunday sermon. Kind of an inside view of what we're thinking about. As we look back on the sermon, what we hope you learn from them, how we hope that you're growing from them. And really, it's just a way for us to engage together, to dialogue together as a community and um, thinking about what God is teaching us. This past Sunday, we continued our series called Forward, Moving Toward the Future at CBC. And really, the idea behind this whole series has been this sense that we have that God is doing some exciting things at our church. There's a lot going on, and we feel like those things really relate to the larger vision we have for our church, the larger purpose uh, that we exist for. And so we wanted just a few weeks to talk about what's going on and why it's so important. And this past week was a really big week for this series. We introduced and launched our brand new app. And so Eric talked about moving toward discipleship and this call towards investing in our faiths and living out our faiths and living lives of obedience and pursuing God and the life he has for us. And uh, Tina shared how that could be lived out, the ways that uh, the app can serve that purpose. And so it was an exciting week, Uh, a lot happened there. And so today, Tina and Eric are gonna be joining me and we'll be talking a little bit more about what we learned this past week. So I hope you enjoy the podcast. Thanks for listening. All right, so we have Eric and Tina today on the CBC Podcast, Behind the Pulpit. We just created a new name for it. And so thank you guys for being here. Thanks for coming, Tina.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: All right, so I wanted to start off with a question. Um, I guess, Eric, you can start off because this goes more into kind of the bigger picture stuff. We talked about it a little bit in the sermon, but how did this come to be? Why did we decide to have an app? What was the process of, of getting to this point?
2: That's a great question. You know, I think um, st- started with a phone call, just kind of a cold call marketing that I, I received, and like many that we get here, and um, for some for some reason, this one talking to uh, the guy from PushPay. Um, that's what planted the seed. The, f- the idea that we could actually have an app. I think up until that point, it never even crossed my mind, our mind that this would be something that we could do or even want to do. But once that option presented itself and we began to talk about it, I think that's when uh, we began to get excited about it, that we could actually have it. And I think we just got excited at the idea of having it. We moved forward. We pushed for it. And then at some point, we had to sit down and go, like, why do we really want to have this? And what are we going to do with it? And that led to a lot of the, the, the conversations, uh, dreaming about the possibilities, and really about how it could be a tool to, to bring our church together, to be even more closely connected uh, during the week than we already are. You know? So it's no criticism on what we already have and, and what we already do, but just another tool, uh, another vehicle of, of keeping us connected during the week, walking together, doing life together.
0: Nice. That's cool. Um, Tina, how did you get involved? So one day, you know, we're talking about doing the app and then all of a sudden it's like, Tina's like, you were like running the show, which I was thrilled about because everything you do is awesome. But how did you, how did you get in there? How did he talk you into this?
1: Basically, my boss came to me and said, this is what you're going to (laughs) do. No, I'm just kidding. Um, Of course, when he approached me with the idea, I was super excited about it. Um, I was a little nervous um, because I don't have that much technical experience, so it kind of worried me when they're like, you're the most qualified person to do this. I was like, we're in big trouble, but I honestly love um, apps and things that you do on your phone, social media, and all those different kind of platforms, so it's very intriguing to me.
0: So Eric, did you just know right away, like this is this is a Tina thing, or did you? Was it process of elimination? Like for sure not Brandon, for sure not Nick, probably not Donna, maybe a t- a Tina or Steph.
2: Definitely a combination of both. And that's not a. First of all, Tina's amazing at, at what she does. Obviously, if you look at her Instagram, if, if you follow her. Uh, Her posts are funny. They're creative. So that was obviously the beginning of saying like, okay, out of all of us, which isn't saying much because Brandon, you don't have an Instagram. Nick doesn't have one. Donna doesn't have one. I have one. I rarely ever post. So, you know, the starting place wasn't a great place to start, but Tina is, uh, her Instagram is, is fun to follow. So that was an easy part of seeing that going, okay, the potential's there. And then she's just good at everything she does, and we knew that if, if she took on something, if she said yes to something, uh, that she's going to go 110%, and the quality is going to be good. And that was the biggest thing with this app, was that, hey, it's one thing to launch it, but if we don't keep it up, we don't post new content, we're not on top of it, and then it defeats the entire purpose. So obviously, we're grateful that Tina said yes and that she's done an amazing job so far, and we're confident she's going to do an amazing job uh, going forward.
0: Nice. By the way, you don't know that I don't have a secret Instagram that's amazing. I just don't Creeper. share it with her. Creeper. <laughs> well, here's uh, something that I've been thinking about a lot that maybe kind of both of you guys can speak to a little bit. Um, you know, in terms of having an app and, and just this movement into – media and technology. I don't think we've done anything in that area ever, maybe. Uh, Can we talk a little bit about that larger question of how much does the church need to change? How much do we need to change about our strategy of of how we do things as, you know, just culture changes as the landscape of how people think about, you know, content and think about how they learn and how they're um, incorporating things into their lives. So is that something that you guys have thought about um are are there other things that that you're already thinking about that we need to do maybe just speak a little bit of those challenges
1: I love tradition and I do consider myself a pretty conservative person but um, I think it's important that we stay relevant and in this generation um, we just need to be there we need to be present we need to be uh, available immediately and it's it's sad that that's what this world is but we kind of just need to be there at people's fingertips when they want us so i think it's important that we have this
2: yeah it's such a it's such a hard tension i mean i agree with what tina's saying where we we need to be relevant we need to be able to communicate with people in a way that uh, they like to be communicated with in, in, in terms of the, the different formats and stuff you know on one hand uh, we can't be someone that we're not and I think that's that's always a tension of, of trying to be something that you're not attaining things that we just can't attain um, so there is a level of, of kind of kind of being realistic and saying what can we do based on who we are based on what we have um, so that will always be a challenge and, and and something to wrestle with but on the other hand I think What I'm starting to see is we can't be afraid to try. And I think this is an app. This app is just one way of expressing that. And for us, beginning to move forward, right? Like, I don't think we ever sat in a room and said, we're going to have the best app ever, and this is going to revolutionize everything that we've done, and we absolutely need this. But, hey, you know what? Here's a a possibility. Um, We don't know how it's going to go, but we have someone like Tina. There's some knowledge there. There's some experience expertise let's just try it we have to try because if we don't you know that's that's the that's where the danger is right if, if we don't ever try to get better try to evolve into what God is calling us to be um, so I think you know we have to be willing to, to take risks try different things for the reason of reaching people um, but at the same time to be you know honest with ourselves in terms of our own limitations and and what we're able to do and what we're not able to do.
0: Nice. Okay. So let's go ahead and jump into the kind of the actual app itself. Um, One question that I've had throughout this process, and I mean, you can kind of talk to me like I'm part of the older generation because functionally (laughs) I I am. I have like eight apps on my phone. Um, I mean, what's, what's the best thing about this? Like what, what's the best reason you can give for somebody to, you know, have the app on their phone and, um, Yeah, yeah, make a case for it, Tina.
1: The best thing about this app is that you'll know what's going on at church. I think a lot of times we walk through the door on Sundays, we read what's in the bulletin, forget what's written in the bulletin, um, but this will allow you to know what's happening in other ministries, not just what's happening in your small group or with your circle of friends, but... Uh, What the church is up to, what the youth, the kids, the seniors, uh, we all have different things going on and it just allows us to feel connected. And I think with that information, you're able to build more relationships because when you see people on Sundays or Fridays or Thursdays, um, you'll be able to talk about what's on the app because you have that little bit of knowledge of what's going on in their world.
2: I was going to say the exact same thing, uh, to know what's going on. To be informed. And there's a practical element of that, of just knowing what's going on, what time things start, what opportunities are there, um, whatever it is, just to know um, what's going on here and allowing each person to respond accordingly. But even on just the spiritual side of it, too, you know, I think about the disciples, you know, walking with Jesus, living with Jesus. Like they just knew what was going on because they're with them. You know, when Jesus got up to walk, okay, it was time to get up and walk. When he stopped to rest, okay, it's time to stop and rest. When he prayed, maybe we should pray, you know. And, and in similar ways, right, this is the body of Christ, and whatever God is doing here at the church, what he wants to do, it's important that we know what's going on. Right? Now, we can each respond however we want to respond, uh, but to be informed, to be to have clear communication of of what God is doing here. And and yes, the app is not Jesus. The app is the tool that is, which communicates, right? What's going on here. And in that sense, I think for our entire church, potentially every moment of every day to know what's going on, to be informed. uh, That's something that's really exciting about the app.
0: Yeah, that's great. I mean, I think just generally anything that's, engaging our people is is a plus and so that's what excites me is just hopefully people are more interested more excited about what's happening you know even something as simple as you know 10 to 20 percent more people coming to this event or that can be the difference between something feeling pretty good and something feeling awesome so um yeah that's a that's a great answer um tina take us behind the scenes a little bit what was the biggest challenge of getting this ready for launch
1: Well, just so everyone knows, I have no app development background. A lot of you had asked on Sunday if I'm into app building, (laughs) but the company we use, they built it out for us. And basically uh, myself and JT, we uh, were in charge of content and the design, the aesthetics of it. Um, I think I first had to decide what content we wanted to put out there and what we thought was important. Um, and what groups we wanted to reach, like realistically who is going to be looking at this app, but also who do we want using this app, so having content available for them that's relevant to them, interesting to them, Um, and we wanted it to be really dynamic, we wanted it to be changing often, and something where people could engage with us, Um, so just brainstorming and coming up with ideas of how to make that happen.
0: Hmm. Yeah, that's that's a great answer. <laughs> um, Eric, was there anything, any moments during this process where you thought, oh, man, this, is, this wasn't a good idea or anything that was frustrating about? It?
2: There was a, definitely a moment where I think I got a little scared when I began to realize how much work needed to go into this. When we began asking the questions, like, why are we doing this? And how is it going to actually benefit our church? I think there's a part that, oh, my gosh, like maybe we jumped the gun on this, committed too soon. Um, so those are the things that you know I think initially scared me. Um, and it, I would always go back to Tina, right, and say, like, Tina, if it's too much work, like you don't need to do that much. It's OK. Just but, you know, I, I'm amazed constantly how how capable Tina is and not just capable, but willing.
1: you're making me blush
2: (laughs) (laughs) but her willingness and, and never once did I even get a sense that this was too much you know and well, and I'm if it is, you can didn't tell sense me that yeah.
1: <laughs> there was definitely a point in time when I was updating it and then I would load it onto my phone to see what it looked like in real life. And I was like, this sucks. <laughs> this this is not good enough. So there are definitely moments in time as I was building it out and I kept refreshing and uploading. I was like this. This isn't good enough. This isn't good enough. And I think that just pushes you to be better.
2: And that sums up exactly why Tina's doing this and why I'm confident that it's going to be awesome.
0: <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. It's that instinct that it's like, oh man, Tina's perfect for this. Um, is there anything on the app that we don't have right now that it can do that you're thinking, oh, I can't wait till we can do this or I hope that we get to this point? Any secret features that... Maybe we can look forward to you down the road without making any promises, of course.
1: There are some lovely features that you guys don't know about yet, and one thing you guys want to do is sign up for the notifications. Because through the notifications, we can take polls. So if the pastors want to ask you something, or you really want your opinion to be known at church, you should answer those polls. Um, what else? I'm gonna leave it to you. Like, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> I can't <think> of anything. <laughs> Yeah, I, mean, I don't
2: really know <laughs> too much <laughs> what's offered behind the scenes, um, but yeah, I think the the media possibilities, like the kind of the podcast that we're doing, but the opportunity I think to to bring our church and get them to sit here in this room to talk about w- their lives, to to hear them share maybe videos, testimonies, talk about the different ministries. That's I think it's not really a secret or anything or some kind of you know mystery but to be able to do those things and the, the doors that would open up um when we say to to bring church into our homes it's not just us as staff you know that's not what we're talking about we're talking about everybody that part excites me. you know. Yeah, I mean.
1: that is definitely the most interesting thing, I think. Uh, the thing that JT and I are looking most forward to is having guest storytellers where we can introduce a family or a volunteer or somebody that's new to the church, We've been coming to the church for a long time, where we can introduce them on this platform and everyone will get to know them. It's just not a face in the directory, but it's a story and a glimpse into their life.
0: Yeah, that sounds awesome. I mean, I, as, as I said, my my technology experience is not great. The only thing that I really do use my phone for is listen to a lot of podcasts. And so this excites me. I mean, just doing this and you know, this is our second one. And, um, like you guys mentioned, just the opportunities we have with that is cool. Um, Well, anyway, great job, Tina. I mean, it's turned out amazing so far, and it'll only
1: be as amazing as you guys are willing to help. So I hope everyone listening approaches me because I'm going to approach you eventually.
0: (laughs) Nice. Well, why don't we go ahead and kind of just segue over into um, Sunday's sermon and and just kind of talk to Eric and Tina as well about just this message about uh, moving toward discipleship. And um, man, I thought it was really cool, Eric, to hear you. Kind of kind of just push us a little bit, you know, I know that's something that, that we've talked about and something that you've been excited about doing and um, to hear you do that i think I think it was a really positive thing for our church and um, yeah, so I was just kind of as you were preparing was was that were you feeling good about that or were you feeling nervous about it? how did you feel getting ready for this message?
2: There was both excitement and apprehension um, you know we've we've talked about this and I don't know how many of the listeners know, but you know, I've always struggled with um, you know wanting to please everyone. Uh, you know, I'm a people pleaser. I, I don't like confrontation. I don't like imposing. Um, you know, so I think that's always been a challenge, right? Um, so the idea of really kind of challenging the church to suggest what we need to do you know I think there's a part of me that that was you know it's been a process it's not just this past week but probably the last year or so and uh, kind of going into the message sensing this is where we're headed though and these are the things that uh, we're called to do who we're called to be uh, not because you know us as pastors or leaders are saying it, but because that's what Jesus says. so there was the apprehension but there's also this excitement and the feeling I had during the week, was, you know what our people do want to be challenged that it wasn't a negative thing it wasn't necessarily offensive to present the challenges that god presents to us so that was very freeing to feel this not only permission but this encouragement to in this affirmation to like no to put it out there because our, our people who are you know god's sons and daughters like they want to be challenged and they're up for it so that was fun to, to kind of be able to lean into that and to um yeah, just be as open and honest as I could in terms of what I sense God doing here and, and where we're headed as a church.
0: Did you notice any shift in tone from Eric, Tina? Did it feel different to you?
1: I felt like he was speaking directly to me. I don't know if you guys knew this, but I did not want to go up there and share about the app. And when he was like, sometimes you have to do things to make you yourself feel uncomfortable in order to grow— And that's what God wants you to do. I was like, I was shaking my head. Like, I felt like my dad was talking to me. (laughs) (laughs) So I felt the conviction. Mm.
0: Yeah, I think that's an interesting part about just a message like that is there's so much that, you know, just all of us are, are filling in ourselves of like, you just hear that call to discipleship. And we all know, you know, what those things are in our own lives. Was there, were there things, Eric, that, you specifically had in mind was there kind of like a target audience i mean obviously you can talk about we want people to download the app we want people to read their bibles and you know kind of that but is there are there parts of discipleship specifically that you were thinking like oh man we we gotta push towards this a little more um yeah anything beyond what you shared in the message
2: i can't say there's anything specific in terms of like do this but it was funny that you asked this question and I'm, i'm actually excited that i get to Continue talking about it. I was like looking at my notes this morning from from last week as I was preparing, and there was a little section in there that I realized I didn't put in, and I was like kind of bummed. Like, oh, that was such a crucial point. So I'm kind of glad I get to share about it. Where I think there are people who don't feel adequate when it comes to discipleship. You know, like they they know these things, things they could do, perhaps should do, but they look in the mirror and they think, I'm not called to do anything special i'm not called to be anyone important those are for the other people and, and i think it's to that individual to those people to, to say no like you have everything you're capable of doing more than you you can imagine because of who you are to god because of what's in you um, i think to that person to say to take on the challenging things because you've already you already have these things God does have this plan for your life. So to step into things that are uncomfortable, to do what's challenging, whatever it is that's on your heart, you know, whether it's to go on stage and share, whether it's to read scripture, whether it's to join us, Margaret. whatever those things are that I think they're sensing. Like, I think if I did this, it would help. Ah, I don't want to do it. And I mean, who am I anyways? For that person to, to hear this message of, no, like, it's who you are already, you know, you are a son, you are a daughter, you're loved, you're accepted. You know, God has dreams for you that you can't even imagine. And he's inviting you to step into these things, to trust him, to experience more of him, to see what he can do through you. So, so to that person, I'd say, that's who I, I think at the end of the day I, I wanted to speak to. And the irony is I totally left that out of my message <laughs> on Sunday. <laughs> Thank goodness for the app. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Like you alluded to, I think Tina is a perfect example of that. I, I forgot to ask you this earlier because I just forgot, but I think, you know, one thing people didn't see and people probably have no idea cause you were so polished and amazing was how nervous you were last week. Super <laughs> nervous. <laughs> so does that resonate? What do you, I mean, do you coming out of that, do you, and you can be honest, you don't have to be like, Oh no, no, I didn't do a good job. But do you feel like, like, Oh wow. Like there was something there that, like, like God empowered me to do and uh, that I can do.
1: Yeah, definitely. I had those feelings of inadequacy, uh, like, who am I? I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm saying. I can't go up there. I'm not going to communicate the ideas correctly. But um, I think especially during first service, I felt like God's presence there saying, this is my work that you're presenting. It's, I'm just using you, um, And yeah, I felt a sense of peace about it. And it just helps that our congregation is so gracious. um, But yeah, just the excitement in the room, I think kept me going.
0: Hmm. I think we should have our first like unofficial app poll right now. And so if you're (laughs) listening to this podcast, there's no button to push, but you could just come tell us or you could put it in like the iTunes feedback but you can vote. Would you rather hear Tina, me, or Eric speak on a regular basis? Oh, I think no. I think it's going to be Tina yeah. in a landslide.
1: Sure. <laughs> Not even. Take me out of the poll.
0: <laughs> um, so, Eric, one of the things I liked a lot about your message and that I thought was cool was just this connection you built between just this whole Old Testament story that we're going through and and this series, which I, I just didn't expect, I didn't see it coming, but the way you kind of built this connection between the old Testament church or, you know, the old Testament people of God, the new Testament church and us was pretty cool as a, I don't know, Bible nerd. I I appreciated the hustle, you know? And so I was just curious, you know, how did you end up there? What, what kind of led you to, to walk us through that journey, you know, take a, a decent chunk of time in your message to kind of lay that out. How'd you get there?
2: I think part of it, the big part of it was starting off with this idea of the season in discipleship when when things get are hard. And the, God does call us into seasons where we take on challenges that are difficult. And I think as I was just kind of thinking about that, Israel came to mind, you know. And I think from our series that we've been doing, I think I was doing a devotional recently where just reading through their journey. And it's so easy to, to just look at them and be like, and just shake our head and go, oh, geez, like, how'd you miss that one, right? But then to kind of put yourself in their shoes and just, like, you know, like, it's hard. like, Being slaves for so many hundreds of years, you know, being led through the wilderness, being shown a land to go and conquer. And God just saying, go, go fight, go do it. So I think that just resonating a little bit with that, my own personal journey, Looking at discipleship as a whole and saying, wow, like it's cool, like seeing how God leads people in their seasons where he just kind of coddles and nurtures and, and seasons where he invites to take these big steps. So I think that's I've been able to kind of relate with that in my own journey, seeing like, yeah, how scared I am a lot about different things and the fear that I feel. So when we're talking about discipleship, you know, I think that obviously comes to mind, of just that journey for Israel and to look at them not as like oh how they messed up but how much I relate to them and how much I think we can all relate to to that journey uh, that that God led them on but also to see the other side like whenever he would ask them to do things that are challenging like it was so clear in the old testament why like cuz these promises they're yours take it so i think that Old Testament is great because you can look back on it and kind of see the, the whole picture to see what they were invited to do and what they missed out on, you know, when, when they didn't respond. So, you know, I think kind of us, it's, it's hard, right? When present day, you feel the challenges and uh, it's hard to see what we're missing out on if we say no. And a lot of times it's easy just to say no to do what's comfortable and to kind of see it as like, okay, good. We didn't have to do what's hard, but we don't see what we we miss out on when we don't do it. And I think Israel is a great example for us of of being able to kind of look back as a study, you know, as a case study and say, okay, we see who God is. We see why he invites us to to do hard things.
0: Well, yeah, just so you know, as I was sitting there in my seat and you kind of drew that parallel and then made the connection in my head, I was like, that was nice. <laughs> Phew, that's really yeah. good. <laughs> I passed. Was there anything else just uh, from the message that uh, you wanted to highlight or anything that you felt like, oh, I wish I, I had wish said that better or I wish I had added this, other than the thing you actually didn't add? Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, any other, like, as we kind of wrap up this part of the podcast, anything else, any thoughts you had on the sermon? Tina, any uh, nuggets of wisdom you took from the sermon that – Pop to mind.
1: You'll be rewarded for doing hard things.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I would say um,
2: probably the last thought was even after I I I finished a sermon, um, uh, went back home. You know, this sense of doing church together. You know, while it's clear in terms of what we're called to do, I realized that I was a little vague. You know, uh, in terms of what that actually looks like. You know, and to be honest, I think even as I sit here now, like, it's not exactly clear. Like, what does it look like to do church together, to, you know, liken Israel to walk in and and receive the promised land, or for the disciples to go and make disciples and and to build the church early on? Uh, What does that look like for us as a church today in Cerritos in this time of age? So, on one hand, you know, it's like, I don't have a clear picture, but. You know, I'm hope I'm confident that that picture is going to come through us discerning that together, you know, so to, so not to take a cop out on it, but realizing, yeah, I don't think it's it is for any one person to, to know with certainty what that looks like. But for us to do church together, that's going to be a part of it is discerning together, dialoguing, praying, seeking, responding in faith, inviting one another to, to walk t- together, participate and we're going to discover that together. So yeah, yeah, I would say that that was a part of me in that talk that was like, oh, that's a little unclear. And it still is now, but it's, you know, I almost feel like it's not meant for it to be clear right now. It's something that God will make clear as we come together, look forward together, and, and move forward together.
0: So one of the things that, you know, I was, I was thinking about, and e- even during the message and leading up to this whole thing is, is this continued relationship between the app and discipleship? You know, we've talked about uh, earlier, you know, the, the communal elements that the app has. And I think that for sure is a potential benefit. Um, aside from that, do you think for the average person that, that this could actually be a, a genuine tool to helping someone grow spiritually? Is that something we're hoping can happen and, and how might that happen? Do you, yeah. Can it be a force for, for actual genuine transformation or is it just a tool to connect us to, you know, to church and, and to things that, that can transform us?
2: I definitely feel it can be a source for uh, for growth and for maturity, transformation. Um, you know, and I, and I want to be cautious. You know, the, there's this part, like I don't want to impose. I don't want this to become legalistic a to-do list, to, to you know, a checklist to check off, to, to feel like, okay, you know, you, you're you now adequate. You know, like we've covered all those things, the gospel, who we are in God, that's already done. But, you know, sometimes, you know, we just need opportunities. We need opportunities um, to learn, opportunities to grow, uh, things for us to do that we might not in that moment kind of want to do or even think of doing, but that, that thought gets, you know, that seed gets planted or a reminder, an encouragement, something that that tells us, hey, this would be a good thing to do right now, today. Right? And, you know, it's a fine line, right? It's a fine line of doing it out of obligation, you know, forcing people to do something they don't want to do. That's That's not what we're talking about. But sometimes there's a part of us where we like, we want to want to do it you know physical fitness the whole soul fits a great example right when you know like i like the idea of running three miles like like i don't want to run three miles
1: no one wants to except brandon (laughs) i love running oh yeah
2: brandon needs at least seven or eight though um but like, I, I want to want to run three miles, right? There's a part of me that, that loves the idea of running three miles. But in that moment, I don't want to run it. And when I'm actually running it, I'm like, I'm cringing. I'm in pain. I'm almost regretting it. But then I finish and I'm so glad I did it. I think there's a spiritual component in that, right? Where we're not forcing people to do something they don't want to do. We don't want to drag them. But there's this part, like, I think there's this desire to want to grow, Right, and for those people, this app could be that tool, right? To say, "Hey, remember, as a church, here's what we're committing to, here's what we're striving towards." So we're gonna on Monday. Here's gonna be that reminder, or we're gonna post that thing on Tuesday. And it's that opportunity being present, right, and being capable of saying, "Okay, in that moment, to do those things, right," and, and we'll, it'll it'll help us grow. Um, And to be able to do it together, to to be able to dialogue with people when we see them, to follow up, to check in. Um, Kind of a tangent, but I have a Bible app, another Bible app on my phone, and I'm doing like a one-year Bible reading plan. It's just a checklist where I'm I'm told what to read and, you know, and it's good, right? There's days where I'm like, oh, I don't feel like reading, but it's the reminder of here's what I committed to, here's what I wanted to do back then, here's what I I want to want to do. So, you know, I'll, I'll... a lot of times I'll get myself to read it and I'm rewarded for it. Now, there's a part of it that because it's just me and this app and nobody else, like it's so easy to just kind of brush it off, right? And it's so easy to be like, well, no one knows that I'm like two weeks behind right now, right? And and yeah, we we need that assurance and that safety, but there's something about doing it actually together with people that you know to be able to dialogue, whereas humans, we need that accountability in a good way, that encouragement. Um, to do those things so yeah that's where i feel like yeah the app it's a great way to be connected you know be informed but also definitely as these opportunities for us to grow together for us to actually you know to use it and and to actually grow so in that hand on that sense it's it's really powerful
1: it's also another way to get involved as i was building this out i kept thinking about the series on spiritual gifts and just Mm. who we could tap into and what god gave them to help us with this app. Like if you have the gift of teaching, but maybe you don't want to go up and speak for three weeks at Academy, you know, you could do like a four-week devotional on the app. Or if you have um, more creative gifts and you're into media and movie making, filmmaking, all that stuff, that's something that we could use. So just really tapping into the spiritual gifts that this community has to build it up.
0: Oh, that's an awesome way of looking at it. Yeah, I, as Eric was talking, I was thinking about just already, you know, having the devotionals on the on the app that JT's been preparing. Yeah, that's obviously something that you've already thought of and you've been building into it. So, that's exciting. Um I guess, you know, we we kind of touched on this a little bit already. Um uh, but I am really interested. I think I think this is a great place to talk about it is just this I think this shift in how we think about ministry, you know, in terms of um, engaging things digitally um, so yeah I mean Eric do you see this leading to like bigger changes or do you do you see this being kind of you know like you said Tina like we don't want to like go too far and and, and do too much and, and kind of compromise what the church is and those traditions but um, is that even something that we're talking about I don't know you and I haven't talked about it so maybe you're talking about it with other people but are, are those things that you're thinking about at all
2: i'm thinking about it in a bit like kind of big picture i don't know like how technical because i just don't know what i don't know in terms of like what technology offers what we can do right we're sitting in this office with two mics on our faces you know what i mean but i'm I, yeah i am thinking about definitely in terms of you know giving it a shot to doing whatever we have to do whatever we can do um to engage more people, right? So on, on that hand, there's definitely an openness, not just an openness, but a desire and almost a sense of urgency. Like, hey, we, we need to try, you know, the same message I think that I'm encouraging with everybody else, right? To trust, to do what seems too hard, what seems too challenging, what, what you feel inadequate for. I think mean, that's exactly what, you know, I'm feeling. <laughs> I think that's what we're feeling. i like, you know what? It's the same same thing then. If, if that's what we're encouraging the church for, we need to respond in the same way, and, and especially, I think, in this area of um, media, technology, just using whatever resources God has given us and to, to not be worried about failing, not be worried about like looking bad, messing up, but saying, hey, let's, let's step into it. Let's use every resource that God has given us and give it a shot.
0: Let me ask the question this way. Not that you didn't answer my question. Okay. And both of you can answer this. Do you think moving forward and thinking about millennials and whatever the generation that comes after that, do you think the church as it exists now, you know, we have a model that's kind of been in place for a long time. I mean, I've been alive for 35 years and it's always been come to church, worship, message, maybe something else, worship, and then you hang out, maybe there's food. Uh, That's basically been unchanged for, you know, as, as long as I've been alive does that work in, in 20 years? Is that something that... I mean, obviously, we don't know the answer to that question, but maybe we can start with you, Tina, because you are the coolest, most tapped in with uh, the younger people. That's so sad. <laughs> but no, I mean, just, I mean, your instinct, your gut, does the church need to fundamentally change, not just service, you know, or a Sunday service, but do we need to rethink what church is and, and how we do it? Or... Do we just need to, to make it kind of more relevant, this this structure relevant to a younger generation, or do they just need to change yeah. how we Who do things? Who needs to change? Who's yeah. doing it wrong? Right.
1: I think that intrinsically we all have the need to be with people. So no matter what, people should be showing up on Sundays to worship together. Mm-hmm. I think they want to... Um, be around others and have that community and I don't think that'll ever change Uh, possibly some of the content like the schedule of worship message worship that could evolve a little bit but I think coming here Sundays being here for an hour an hour and a half that'll always stay the same
2: I'm glad Tina went first on that one Um, thank you Tina great answer that's a tough question Brandon As you're asking it, I'm sitting here thinking this is only our second podcast. (laughs) I don't know, you know, like that's a that's a that's a that's a loaded question on that. Um, Kind of my on it, just what I'm thinking right now. Um, (laughs) It's gonna sound such like a cop out, but you know, maybe yes, maybe no. And and let me expand on that. Um, You know, I think the days of being a Christian and being, you know, culturally having it beneficial and being convenient and something that we can, you know, be on Sunday and do whatever else we want Monday through Saturday, I do think those days are coming to an end, Um, which is frightening on one hand, but also, um, what's the right word, not exciting, but intriguing. You know, what happens when, when the church has to really decide whether they're the church or not and really have to lean in and be fully, completely dependent on the Holy Spirit, on Jesus to, to guide us and to, to really look at every single thing we do and ask, like, is this what God wants us to do? Is he present? Is he, is he pleased? Is he being honored? Um, And I think when we start asking those questions uh, out of a sense of dependency and hunger because we have to, not because it's just a spiritual thing to do, but because, like, we have to, um, because things are hard and life is hard, I think we're gonna get answers that surprise us, right? And we're gonna uh, surprise in both ways, right? We're gonna keep doing things that we thought we would have changed, right? Things we were like, oh my gosh, we thought this was gonna come to an end. Ten years ago, and yet we're still doing it because this is how God is moving. And obviously, there are going to be things that we thought would last forever that we're going to perhaps stop doing because we just sense this is what the Spirit is is doing and what He wants us to do. So, you know, so on that hand, it it, it is—it's kind of yes and no. Like I would say, you know, yeah, the church—we need to change because the landscape is changing. But how we change and what that looks like. Um, you know, God is going to have to dictate that, and we have to be open and willing to do whatever, right? And that's that's a, kind of both scary and intriguing for me personally. Uh, of, you know, am I willing to do whatever? You know, am I willing to do anything um, for the sake of obedience, for the sake of whatever God wants for this church? And and I and I hope the answer is yes. Right? I, hope, I hope the answer is yes. That I'll do anything. I'll do whatever and obviously for our church as well that that the answer would be yes that hey when that time comes for us to when God asks us to hey will you move forward this way for us to respond with a yes right to 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 change whatever to keep whatever you know that we'll do it uh, because he's leading us and we're following and, and you know nothing more nothing less
1: yeah what he said <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, I think it just it it reminds me that like doing ministry, we're kind of in a weird. I mean, it, probably every pastor over the last two thousand years has thought that like we're really on the cusp of something different, <laughs> but it does feel like you know culture's changing, and that um, that that means something for the church. And so it's definitely scary and exciting. I think that yes and no, as much of it definitely was a cop out. <laughs> 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 it was a good answer because we don't know, and there's 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 parts of it that'll be hard and um there's a lot of opportunity there so anyway i'm glad that we're we're doing this together it's good that you know we get to um figure this out not by ourselves but it's part of an awesome team so uh with that said i I think we're just about wrapped up for today's podcast thank you guys again for coming that was awesome
1: thanks for having me
0: all right and thanks to all of you for listening uh for joining us for our second episode as i said last time we're still kind of figuring things out um, and exploring what this is going to look like but we're having a lot of fun and we're really thankful that you're listening so keep tuning in we'll have another episode coming up next week Uh, we'll be finishing off our series and looking at uh, the topic of worship so that should be a really good sermon and a great podcast so thank you guys again for listening have a great week